This is the Empowered Athlete Podcast, hosted by yours truly, the one and only Natty Boss, lifelong athlete, sports dietitian, breathwork facilitator, personal development junkie, and holistic performance coach. This podcast is here to change the paradigm of what it means to be a high-performance athlete. The intention and mission of this podcast is to help you create freedom, clarity, and balance in your life while giving you the tools to heal yourself, improve your well-being, and optimize performance. I believe that in order to reach our highest potential in this human experience, we must unlearn and let go of everything we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves and the world so that we can truly tap into what our divine path is and have the courage to pursue the curriculum of our soul. It's my hope that after every episode, you feel activated and empowered to make change in your life that supports you in operating from a place of alignment of who you're meant to be. Get ready for major shifts and transformation. It's time to dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Empowered Athlete Podcast. In today's episode, I have a dear friend and student, Brittany, and we're going to be having an open, authentic, vulnerable conversation today about her experience, journey in EAA, and just the beautiful experience that she had of just coming back to herself, discovering herself and the highs and lows that come with transformation. And I'm so excited for her to share her voice, share her story, and for you to just get a taste of her energy because she's a beautiful human being and it's going to be a fun ride. So a little bit about Brittany. Brittany Connor is a dedicated mom of three, a nature lover, mindfulness practitioner, She's a white belt in jiu-jitsu and has recently resumed training at Shark Pit Jiu-Jitsu in Winchester, Virginia. After a decade of experience in the fields of community corrections and law enforcement, she made the courageous decision to embark on a new chapter in her life. She left her job last year to explore other fulfilling endeavors, and she really is an inspiration in that area. Um, This is something that we really dove into within EAA, and just watching her blossom and unfold in that process was just so beautiful. So I cannot wait to dive into this part of the conversation. And now... From law enforcement officer, she facilitates a group meditation class at our local library. I mean, if that's not a 360 life change, I don't know what is, but I'm so excited for you guys to hear that process. And she has found meditation and breath work to be extremely useful tools in her healing journey. And we'll definitely be diving into that. She finds joy in the serenity of nature, has a deep appreciation for the outdoors, and you can often find her immersed in her garden, cultivating plants and expanding her knowledge of wild flora. And you definitely should check that out because I saw your today avocado toast with some homemade garden tomatoes, and that looked amazing and vibrant, beautiful, and tasty. I was like, this is awesome. And she recently applied for an LLC and is developing a cut flower business. I am really excited about this. This is a new information that I am not aware of. So I cannot wait to expand upon this. And we'll put this in the show notes, but you can follow her adventures as she embraces all these new challenges and continues to nurture her passions on her Instagram. And we'll put that in the show notes. But thank you, Brittany, for being here. Yes, yes. Happy to be here. So we're going to dive right in. And so we've been together for quite a while because you started the performance blueprint and went through that amazing process. And then you wanted to dive a little deeper into the healing side of things, which led you to kind of explore EAA. And so from your perspective, 
what called you to EAA initially? And, you know, we can dive into the conversation of kind of like, what were you hoping to get out of it based on where you were in your life right then? So um, obviously I did the performance blueprint and I really liked like the spiritual aspect, the breathwork aspect of the performance blueprint that we kind of delved into. And I was like, you know what, I'm ready to go deeper because I knew for me that I have a past history of trauma from even the time that I was a child and the way that I grew up. And I knew that it was impacting my life. I could recognize that you know, the things that had happened to me in the past were having an impact on how I was living my life currently. And I was like, you know what? I'm all in. Let's go. Let's dive right in. And man, did we dive in. So, um, (laughs) yeah, um, I'm going to be really like just open and honest with people, because I think that if you can hear my story, um, maybe you can really grasp how big of a transformation this was. So, um, the first week that we were supposed to have our first EA or EA call, I actually had to message Natty because I was in the psych ward. That is how like crazy my life had become. Um, I was in a car accident on duty. I, I was a de- deputy sheriff at the time and I was in a car accident, um, wrecked my car, wrecked my cruiser into a tree and suffered a concussion. And I'd never had a concussion before, but it severely like just threw me off. I would had me not realizing what day or time it was. I was really confused. Um, I was starting to have panic attacks. Like my mental health really took like a downhill turn after this concussion um, simultaneously, I was already seeing a psychiatrist because I had some other issues that were going on. Um, I got in a little scuffle at work like 10 months prior to this accident where I was hit on the head in a foot pursuit. Um, and I had started to have some panic attacks or panic when people would, when I'd be rolling in jujitsu and there'd be somebody on top of me. So I'd been put on a medication called Lexapro. And for a long time, that was working really great for me. After this car accident and the concussion, um, my anxiety really kicked up a notch. I went to my doctor and they upped my medication. This ended up being a really bad combo for me. Um, I really disassociated from kind of reality and went and took a little time out voluntarily, went to the mental hospital checked myself in said something is not right um help me get this figured out and while I was there they kind of altered my medications a little bit um but that was like my first week of EAA um yeah so that was a wild ride a wild start to the journey yeah yeah um from there um actually after the car accident that was kind of like a hello, wake up moment for me. Like maybe law enforcement is not for you. Maybe this is not what you want to do. And I had already been feeling like called to wanting to leave law enforcement. Um, There were just a lot of things within the culture of law enforcement and just what it was asking me to do and asking me to be, to be able to do the job um, didn't really feel in alignment for me. It didn't really feel like the calling I'd signed up for. 
Um, but this car accident kind of created this situation where I had to take a time out. I had yeah. to take a step back. Um, and ultimately, uh, the car accident happened in the, at the end of May, and I never returned to the job. And in July, I made the decision to resign from law enforcement, which let me tell you, that was a big deal. It was a really big deal. Um, one of the reasons that was so huge is because I had really built my identity into this career, into this, I am a police officer, this like it's a calling. It's more than just a job. It's a career. It's part of who I am. It had really become part of my identity. So being willing to step away from that, that was huge. That was a huge turning point in my life. Um, a really defining moment for me on my, my journey to healing myself was being willing to step away from law enforcement. And don't get me wrong. I loved the job. I loved it. Um, I was really good at it and, um, you know, there were a lot of things about it. I really enjoyed, but at the end of it, I realized now that I've made the best decision I could have possibly made for myself by stepping away. Yeah. Saying all that, that was kind of like a big jump in, but EAA really helped. It couldn't have been a more perfect timing, honestly, because I now suddenly had all this time really to work on myself, to yeah. work on healing myself. And I was kind of in a place where without having had that support, yeah. I don't know that I could have so easily walked away from this career and so easily let it go. Um, I think knowing that, you know, being able to flesh out some of my thoughts about it through the program yeah. Um, and our weekly calls really made a huge impact on my ability to say, okay, you know what, this is no longer for me. And it's okay that I don't know what the next thing is going to be. Cause I didn't, I had no idea. I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do. And that's still kind of in the, the frame, but it's constantly changing and evolving, but yeah. I didn't really know what was next. I didn't have some job lined up. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to leave being a police officer and I'm going to slip right into this next thing. There was no next thing. This was just me, a mom of three, me and my partner, um, and me saying, okay, I'm going to give up my job where I'm making really good money, you know, for um, the area that I live in. And I'm just going to walk away from it. So let's take without a the for a moment. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. So let's just like take a moment to let that land for the listeners as well. And there is a couple of things here that I want to dive into before we get too far, because it's really important and it's important not to skip over. And so one of the things you had mentioned is this identity wrapped up into this um, career. And so there's a couple things here. Of course, it's scary to walk away from something, but there's kind of twofold. Number one is that you had mentioned kind of that, that good financial income you were getting, right? So there's that stability and that safety. And so many of us are settling and just staying where we're at because we have that stability and safety. Even when our soul, our intuition, something within us, if we can't even identify it, is like telling us deep down, like, there has to be a different way. And like, I don't know what that is. And because we don't know what that is and we don't have that plan set up, we don't take action towards kind of 
breaking that because, and, and trying something new because we're like, well, all I know is safety and stability. And this is where I have to stay until I have a clear cut step-by-step process and answer that's I'm guaranteed to be successful. in. it's like, that's not how life works. It takes a lot of messiness, a lot of courage, which you have so much courage, so much bravery to really make that change for yourself with so many unknowns in the future, especially having other complicated layers of children, right? And like the whole idea of providing for them and like all the emotions and thoughts and everything that comes up with that. And so to stay so radically committed to you in that process is so important and something to know. But I wanted to highlight the first thing of that idea of stability and safety, because so many of us are settling for these mediocre and not saying that policing is mediocre by any means, but for you, if you just feel that you are just existing and you are just operating in monotony and autopilot, that's something to look at. If you're not lit up every single day by what you're doing and you're not feeling that fire of what you're doing, again, policing is at its core helping people. There's a billion ways you can help people that maybe are more aligned with what feels good for your system and what's best for you and your well-being as well, right? So you can still integrate that in different ways. And starting, like you said, like you had an idea of things that you liked and using that as like a way to kind of explore um, until you find something you might want to, you know, shift into. The other side that I really wanted to point out that's important is we talked about this in the program and it's so important because we don't realize this. And we, I don't know if you remember, but one of the things as you were like going through this back and forth pull of like letting go and, and fully resigning from this position, there were parts of you that were constantly um, communicating with me when we were having conversations around like, I'm really good at this job. I do like this job. Like I'm really good at, maybe I should just stay. Maybe I should just stay. And there's a reason why, and one of the reasons why we were good at, not just because you're good at it and you're personable and like you're great with people, but the other side was from the nervous system. And I don't know if you remember that we had talked about the reason why you felt, one of the reasons why you felt really good in that position was because your nervous system was wired to chaos due to your upbringing, right? Yeah. And this can be really interesting to explore and really complicated to understand for people because they're like, oh, well, I'm really good at this thing. But what we might not realize is why we're good at it is because it's our nervous system is stuck in like this trauma response. And this career that we have is actually feeding that trauma response. And so what we're get getting to the bare bones of is that it just feels familiar for your system. And that familiarity feels safety. It feels like safety in the body. But when we start to kind of realize that, wait, is this safety? Is this really safety? Or is it just that nervous system being fed that same old pattern, right? Of like being in chaos, being on foot chases, the nervous system's wired to go, go, go and be in that you grew up with that. So it makes sense that you would be good at that because your protection mechanisms literally formed around that way of being. But there was another part of you. And that was the part that we really tried to like cultivate in EAA was like, but there's this other part of you that's telling you there gets to be something different and there's something deeper you desire, a different way that you desire. Let's explore that because although that you love policing and you're good at it and there's absolutely skills that you have extracted from that and you've learned, it sounds like you're being called to a different path for this part of your life. And so do you have anything that you want to kind of add or expand to that? But those are two things that I just wanted to highlight because I remember those being the core conversations that we had back and forth um, during that transition. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it was definitely like that was my established baseline was to operate in chaos and thrive in chaos. Um, and uh, honestly, it takes some getting used to when you realize you don't have to live and operate that way. Um, yeah. So making that transition, while you would think getting out of law enforcement, which is a, you know, clearly dangerous job, like clearly this must be easier wasn't necessarily easier because like you said I you're right I did grow up with this baseline of chaos and learning to operate in that and when that's what you're used to sometimes your mind like thinks oh well this is normal this is normal yeah. so anything that's abnormal ah, freak out you know like I don't I don't know what to do with this I don't know what to do with a place of calm I don't know what to do with a place of stillness um, which is really the, the funny thing that that's what I ended up turning to as, as a great outlet for me, which was finding stillness and calm and peace, um, through meditation and mindfulness. But yeah, definitely, um, that was a huge part of our conversation that we had and to be transparent with people, it's not the easiest transition to make, even though it was the healthiest transition to make, if that makes sense. Oh Yeah. That makes so much sense. And like exactly to what you, what we talked about was like rewiring that nervous system. And I remember having the conversation, conversations with you and like the repetitive, same things I would say every single time you'd come to me and you'd express like the distress, like what the hell do I do with my time? Like, I, I just think I need to go back to law enforcement. I'm like, it's because you're like, you're learning how to be in restfulness. You're learning how to just be, you're learning how to find safety in you know, existing and doing things that you love. And it's okay that not all of your time is occupied. And like, you had so much space in your schedule, so much time. You're like, literally, what do I do? Like, I feel like I'm, my world's falling apart. I'm like, this is exactly what your body needs to really heal. And, um, so beautiful that I, I remember laughing to myself when you had like said, I got a job as a meditation teacher. I was just like, that is literally amazing. Like you, I think started just as like library, like I really like being in the library. And then you were like, they have this opportunity for um, meditation um, circles and they're asked me to lead it. And I was like, amazing, like explore it if that's something that you want. And, and now like, that's something that you're doing. And like you said, like it not only, and I think the big part of all of this was that you were so open to like exploring. And it was almost like this attitude of like, there's nothing to lose. And like everything to gain, like, I'm just so committed to understanding myself and just saying yes to opportunities. So I can see like, what is best for me? What makes me feel good? Yeah. Um, I did have done a lot of exploring over this last year and it's really been a kind of a beautiful process in a way. Cause it's allowed me to do things that I never would have considered, um, Exactly. So in addition to working in the library and them allowing me to have this freedom to do um, this meditation group, which was not ever something that I foresaw myself doing. And I have some training in mindfulness, like formal training in mindfulness, but I don't have necessarily a meditation certificate. But what I'm offering to people is like this group where anyone's allowed to participate or facilitate if they want to, but I always have something prepared and just seeing how much other people enjoy um, this, the space that I've created uh, really brings joy to me. And I also get 
the feeling of relaxation um, just from guiding the meditation. So definitely a good experience for me on both ends. The other thing I had the opportunity to do was um, work at a greenhouse and really discovered my passion for gardening and flowers and growing things. So something I would have never tried if I just said, you know, oh, I'm already doing my career. I have to stay in my career. I can't make this change. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, and that's so important. It's like being open to the possibility and being willing to kind of put yourself out there and be curious, um, I think is really important when we're just stuck in that routine and those stories of the way life should be. Um, we really limit ourselves to what our potential is and also just what's in our soul and what wants to come out. And I always say that whatever we desire, we deserve, and it is meant for us, you know, and we can only really, you know, tap into that when we, you know, take that first step. You know, we can't just assume everything's going to come to us if we're not open to possibility and trying some things. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because like, I know this can be a really this conversation can go so many ways, but as far as the journey in EAA, as you were navigating all this, how would you describe the overall journey in EAA for you? It was a journey for sure. It was definitely um, not without ups and downs. Like it, it took a lot of hard work and willingness to kind of dive into things that for a long time, I just pushed way down said we're never going to open that box we're going to leave that box closed um but it also gave me a lot of resources that I can call on now even there's a technique that you teach the tuning to the yes which is like that is freaking that right there to me is gold um because honestly I feel like we're at least for me, I was raised with this idea of what life is supposed to look like. You're, you have to go to college and you have to get a job and then you're supposed to get married. Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I think for a long time, I hadn't really figured out, well, is this really what I desire? Is this really what I want? Does this really feel good in my system? And that technique of attuning to the yes um, has really taught me what feels good for me. And when I like sit and listen in, your intuition, your body is going to tell you the answer and it's going to be right on the money. It's going to be right on the money if you just sit and listen in. Um, And I think that's one of the biggest benefits I got from EAA. It's definitely um, an ongoing process too. I wouldn't say, you know, you don't, healing is a lifelong journey. It is something that I'm going to be working on (laughs) till the day I pass on to wherever I head next. You know, it's not, it's not like, um, Oh, you you do this program and you're going to be fixed. But I'll tell you what, I'm in a place now where I have the ability to discern what is for me and what is not for me. And I also have a bunch of tools now to kind of better understand why things hit my system a certain way and why I, when I respond to people or how it makes me feel like, is this just me operating out of a a pattern that I've developed that I have, and I am a little bit more able to see, okay, hey, this is, this is a response that I'm giving because this is making me feel like 
in a way like I'm unsafe. And so, yeah, being able to recognize when I feel that way um, and acknowledging that has been huge. Um, I think I also want to share this and I don't know if you're probably going to ask, how has this impacted my jujitsu journey? And I have taken a step back from jujitsu and I've only recently returned to the mats because that's what felt good for me. And I had a little wrestle with that. Like, oh yeah. man, yeah, let's definitely dive into I it. should, I should be getting back out there, but you know, I was going and it wasn't feeling right for me. It wasn't feeling good or safe to my system. Um, and so now I'm showing up to the mats and I'm training with my, my partner and he is a really, he's a great training partner as well as a life partner because he gives me enough work that I'm still learning, but I'm also know that I'm safe when I'm training with him. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. If that's what feels good to me right now, it's okay for me to show up that way. I'm showing up to the mats in a way that feels good for me. And that's going to allow me to grow and um, further my journey down the road because I know there'll be a time again when I am going all out, wanting to compete and do all those things. But right now it's okay for me to do what feels safe to my system. 100%. And thank you so much for sharing that. That was something I was going to ask. And I think it's so important for people to hear because similar to what we had said about your career as a law enforcement officer, that was wired to chaos. And although jujitsu can be a stress outlet for people, it still channels that inner like aggression. It still turns on that fight or flight. And like that, it's so weird and sneaky how our patterns just keep showing up and they keep trying to trickle their way in to keep us hardwired into our old way. And so it is so challenging for the ego to be like, right. You know, I want to keep training. I I can't, you know, fall behind. I I need to keep progressing. I need to keep pushing myself. And it's like, but our body is telling us something different. Sometimes it's saying, I think this period of your life requires some rest, some slowing down. And, you know, it's so important. One of the, the things I learned from one of my somatic practitioners is like, we need to slow down to get aligned in order to speed up. So in order for like life to happen more fluidly for us to reach our goals and, and all of that stuff, it's not always about pushing in that, in that resistance. It's sometimes we just need to give ourselves that permission to slow down, really understand like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Get clear on that, get aligned. And now you can reintegrate into this thing again. And like you said, 100%, your, your progress is going to just skyrocket because you're doing this in a way that aligns with your well-being. You know, there's so many people out there that are just pushing and they're like, you know, you've been a part of the performance blueprint too. Yeah, with the yeah. people that sign up for the program there, they're doing jujitsu six times a week, wondering why they're not reaching their goals, chronically stressed because like they feel like they're behind. It's like, sometimes it's not about just doing more. It's about doing less, being more intentional with what you're doing. And that's going to also amplify your enjoyment in that journey. You know, and like you said, if you're, even if it never changes again, and this is where you want to be in jujitsu, all that matters to me is that you want to stay in jujitsu. Like that's my goal is like keep people in jujitsu because it's, it's just such a beautiful spiritual practice and like lifestyle, but it can become toxic when we ignore our body in that process. And it really gets to be like, 
I don't know, it can be world-changing, I feel, if everybody trained jujitsu in a way that's aligned with their system and what they need and not like falling into those ego patterns of just like pushing and hustling and all of that. And so where you are is exactly perfect. And I think that many athletes need to hear that because they're potentially in that cycle that you were in, you know? And so just hearing from someone else of like taking that time off and not feeling, I mean, maybe you did feel, and I'm sure that you did feel guilty at first right? There's probably guilt. Like you said, like there's going to be, it's not all beautiful and pure acceptance. in the first day you take off, no, your, your mind is going to fight. It's going to kick and scream like a toddler. Like, no, I need to do this thing. And then there's this conflict of the body, but the deeper that we cultivate safety and trust in ourselves, the, the more we're going to be coming into acceptance and be able to be like, no, like where I'm at is, is perfect. And I don't need to compare myself to other people. Like this is my journey. How do I want to live my journey out? And what's going to be best for me? Because at the end of the day, I need to go to bed feeling happy and fulfilled. And that's up to me to make that happen. And that's going to look different from someone else's journey. And just giving whoever's listening that permission, that if you feel that that might be something worth exploring for yourself too, like, you know, give it a try. You're not going to fall behind. You're always, and what do I say? You're always exactly where you need to be. Even if you do yes. fall because you don't do jujitsu for six months, right? You're, you will be behind, like not towards someone else, but like your progress will slow down because you haven't trained, but it doesn't mean that you're behind in the, in the bigger picture of things. It means that whatever you needed was exactly what you needed in that moment. And that all of it, the times off the injuries, the times where you're going hard, you're winning competitions. All of that is one big package of your journey. And I like to say that it's like the, it's, it adds juiciness to your journey. You know, when you get to look back at your entire journey, all the ups and downs is part of that juiciness that makes it, you know, a journey. It doesn't have to be vanilla that all that stuff makes it, you know, something worth remembering, you know, and building that resiliency in that process and getting to know yourself in that process because jujitsu is a vehicle for personal development. Yep. Yep. And honestly, the able ability to discern like, okay, it wasn't feeling safe for me and that's why I pulled back. Yeah. You know, that allowed me eventually to return, you know, because otherwise there wasn't this like, oh, I just quit, you know, like, yeah, no, there was, you know, like I stopped because I needed to stop for me and that was okay. And that, being able to love yourself that way is huge, you know, love and say like, okay, this doesn't feel good for my system and I can take a pause and that's okay. That yeah. is something I've gotten from this program that I, I don't think I had that same kind of self-love and self-compassion before. Yeah. And what you're speaking to is the self-loving discipline. I think I talk about it all the time, but that's an example of what that means for those who may not understand or quite grasp what self-loving discipline is, but that's what it is. It's discipline. Isn't just forcing yourself and willing yourself to do something at all times. It's just honoring yourself and that self-honoring discipline that looks a little different. It's yeah, it's discipline to not go to jujitsu, you know, but for a different reason, you know, and it's, we so often default to it's being lazy, but it's like, no, it's, it's what I need right now. And it's actually discipline for me, like for me and my neck injury, it's yes. discipline for me to not train, to not lift weights, you know, but I know that like, could I force, could, could I take you know, 10 ibuprofen and push through the pain and, and bang out a couple kettlebell swings. I'm sure I could, I have the willpower for it. Is that's what's best for my well-being? No. Right. And so 
that dialogue is really important, but it only happens when you do this inner work to develop that relationship to yourself, to be able to have that dialogue. And so the other thing you had mentioned that's really important was, it comes back to that mantra I like to use, it's, it's learn to rest and not quit. It's like- yes. So often that all or nothing mentality, like my jujitsu sucks. I'm not seeing progress. Like I might as well quit. And it's like remembering why you got into it to begin with and realize that it's okay to rest. And when you rest and slow down, like you said, you actually increase that motivation and, and enjoyment again to go back. So it's learning how to rest and not just defaulting to quitting. And I think that's a really important message that you just, you know, shared um, that I think a lot of athletes again, need to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's journey is going to look different and it's going to have ups and downs. There's always going to be hills and valleys and just being able to remember that and just, you know, keep, keep moving forward at a pace that feels good for you. And that's in alignment with you. Then I think that's most important. 100%, 100%. Um, and then one other point I just wanted to make since you said that, and then we'll dive into another question is just know that when you start to do what Brittany's doing and kind of like honoring her body and realizing that things that she originally had planned, like they might not look the same anymore. So say for instance, what I see a lot of is like, maybe you really want to compete at this tournament or you really want to become this champion, but like life is telling you that it's not the right time. Like there's a different phase in your life. Like this is a different phase where we need to be. I want you to realize that the ego is going to fight that. It wants to hold on to that identity that we talked about, right? And that goal, we have to be willing to be adaptable and we have to be willing to realize that like this goal might not be a right now, but it doesn't mean it's a never. And just giving you the permission, whoever's listening to realize that like, you know, when you're doing that internal process, realize that like, whatever goals it is, you don't have to kind of fight tooth and nail to get to that goal. That goal can just be put on the shelf and maybe there's a different goal right now. And then you can always come back to it because it's never just, it, you don't have to just ditch it for the rest of eternity, but it just might not be a right now for you. And like she said, go at your own pace and honor where you're at. And then whatever is unfolding accordingly, trusting that process. And so uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, you had mentioned a little bit about pattern recognition, but I wanted to ask you, how would you compare your level of safety in, the, in your body and pattern recognition and emotional regulation now versus before EAA? Before EAA, um, I can tell you that I would <laughs> have all these feelings, and but I could never ever probably pinpoint what, why, why am I getting so worked up about this? Or why is this, you know, really this, whatever this person said, why is this really hitting me so hard and making like really to the core of my being upsetting me now? Do it, does it, do I still sometimes get hit? And I'm like, Oh, I'm really wounded by what you're saying. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. I absolutely still experience this. That is definitely, that's something that still happens. But after experiencing that, I can take a few minutes, sit back and I can realize why, why this is hitting me this way. And I am much better and more equipped to one, not overreacting or not feeling the need to respond right away. Um, 
I need to kind of sit with and let the emotion flow and go through the wave of emotion. Um, that was a huge insight for me, knowing about my human design and how that plays into how I respond to things. Um, Are you emotional? Yeah. So yeah, that's my, yeah. So I got to let that wave go before I, yeah, because otherwise I don't, you know, I'm responding from a place where my, my system is disoriented. So I can't really make a true response and just being able to practice the pause sometimes is really been huge for my, my own well-being. And has it made me, you know, is it, mean that these things don't happen to me or that I don't feel these emotions anymore or that I don't get triggered. No, that that's not what it means, but I'm able to recognize now what part of me these, you know, the words are hitting that's really causing me to have this reaction. And it's a lot easier to easier to understand. And it kind of helps you um maybe not necessarily put distance, but give yourself some perspective on things instead of reacting from this place where you're in this emotion and having this emotional response. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. space from that emotion for sure. And like you said, I really wanted to emphasize this point is that it's never about getting rid of the emotions. You know, I think that's something that we can sometimes you know, falsely believe or think about like the healing journey. It's like, I'm going to get rid of this emotion once and for all, or this feeling or whatever it is. And it's like, no, it's just learning how to change your relationship to it. And like you said, give some perspective and create some space from it. So it's not consuming you. So you're not acting as that emotion, that wounded part. So that wounded part, isn't the one playing out the show you can create some space, give yourself that time to really process and understand. Cause usually you know, these emotions are going to be related to the top two things I noticed is, you know, either a boundary was crossed or there was a need that was unmet. Then that really comes down to what it usually is. And so when we have that introspective time, that's the only way we can get clarity on what it is. And then when we get clarity on what it is, the next step is now we know how to find the solution for it. And then in my opinion, I'd love to know your thought on this, but my opinion of that is that's where empowerment comes from. I feel like it feels so empowering to, to have that clarity and that conscious awareness. And then just realize like, wow, like I know exactly what, what triggered me, what my need is, how to meet that need. And now I can meet that need. And now I can respond a different way because like, I I have just this instead of just like, like just going off in that moment. And just, it's a whirlwind of just chaos. Yes, I totally agree. The other thing that, that just sparked in me is the ability to communicate my needs. That was something I, I for whatever reason, didn't possess. It's like I had to be like, you know, laying out on the ground. Oh, I'm so thirsty, you know, before I would say, hey, I need a drink, you know? And now I'm like, okay, this is, even with my kids, and I think this is huge, and I think people should hear this. It's okay to tell your kids, hey, mom is feeling a little overwhelmed right now. Can I have a minute? Like they're little humans too. And I think being able to communicate, you know, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious to them, letting them know like, Hey, one, it's okay to have all these emotions, this range of emotions. And so it's also okay to say, Hey, I need a minute. Um, that's also been really helpful. Um, and (laughs) that sounds so simple, right? Being able to communicate when you have a need, you know, like, 
that should be basic, right? But that was not something I was great at before this. Um, and I've gotten better at it thanks to this program. So that I'm grateful for, certainly. And it's one of those things where like, consciously it sounds simple, but it is like the furthest thing from simple because we are complicated, complex human beings with just so much going on. And, um, but it's important to just know that it can be simple, you know, if you're open to exploring your internal world and getting curious about your emotions. And like I said, bringing that curiosity is really important. Um, and, and I think what you're doing is really important. Like you said, to talk about, because what you're doing is you're breaking generational patterns. And this is really important. You know, that's another thing when you choose to embark on your healing journey, one thing that's a disclaimer that most people don't know when they sign up is that you're being a chain breaker, a cycle breaker, you know, and that's hard. You know, you're really stepping into a leadership role that you didn't necessarily sign up, but it's like, you need in order to maintain that integrity within yourself and you know to cultivate that you're fighting tooth and nail against all these patterns that everyone else has you know in your environment and so it's up to you to do that so bringing your kids along and and sharing that with them helps them realize you know and develop new belief systems and new ways to relate to themselves and others that is different than the way that you were raised and that is a beautiful gift and, you know, it's a, a challenging, you know, thing to, to step into, you know, there can sometimes be pressure, you know, but like, it's just so important to realize that like, when you commit to your healing, it's more than just you, you know, you're really breaking cycles. And then if you do have kids, you are doing it on their behalf as well. And I think that's just a beautiful ripple effect of taking care of yourself. Yes, absolutely. And I really honor you for sharing everything so far. I know that this is going to land with so many people and I was so excited to have you on here because like our whole journey together, like I was just like floored by you, like truly just inspired by you, really like truly inspired by you because you really ran with it. Like you really ran with it and the highs and lows and you did reach out for support with me when you needed it. And like, we just did this thing, you know, and we just made this big transformation and co-created it together. And to see where you are right now brings me so much joy and satisfaction, you know, and this is why this work is so important. And I'm fighting tooth and nail to get it out into the world because, you know, just seeing your transformation alone and how it's had a ripple effect in all these different areas of your life. And now you're creating, which we'll, we'll kind of dive into next, but like this LLC that we'll explore, um, what's down the pipeline, Um, But before we dive into that, I wanted to ask you, what advice do you have for anyone who might be interested in EAA, but maybe afraid to take the leap, whether it's, you know, for just the fear of potentially facing trauma and emotions, um, or just like embarking on the, the healing journey itself? It might be scary, but it's going to be worth it. If that was just my like little snippet to you. I, I say, you know what, go for it, dive into it. Um, it, it will be hard. It will be challenging, but it will be so worth it. And the thing about this program too, is that you're going to get the support you need to, to dive deep. Um, I think that's like really one of the, you know, components that has to be there for people to be able to do this program. And because of 
you as the person that you are and what you provide in your program, people can do that. It creates this safe container for people to be able to do the work that they need to do. Um, I, I can tell you that I don't know that I would have been able to have such a smooth transition as I did, making this huge life change, this huge change in my identity, you know, this from this identifying with a career to now finding out who I am and what is for me um, without this program. Um, it's definitely an investment in yourself and you're 100% worth it. And I would highly recommend if you are even thinking about a little bit, that's your body. That's like universe saying, hey, hey, we're speaking to you. If you're thinking about it, you should absolutely do it. Um, it's difficult work, but it's well worth it. Beautifully said and absolutely true. Trust the nudge. And then finally, yes. I'd love for you to just share a little bit about kind of like what you're working on in your future, what's down the pipeline for you. And if you want to expand on like the LLC and that process, I'd love to, for you to kind of share that because that's a whole new adventure. I'm embarking on being an entrepreneur and I'm always down for people kind of being their own boss. So let's hear it. Yeah. So I'm, my business is called Spritz Blooms and it's going to be, I'm just doing a cut flower garden. That's my goal right now. We're going to start small and I'm going to be making like handcrafted bouquets that I sell. Um, in the future, I hope to be doing more. I'm actually ordered some, um, mums for the fall that I'll be planting like the rooted plugs and growing them and selling them as well. Um, but just something that I get to do that I really enjoy. I think flowers are beautiful and they make people happy. And so I thought, what better way than to spread some beauty and make others a little bit happier with some flowers. So that's where I'm headed. Um, actually just got like a small greenhouse we're going to put in our backyard. So starting small, but I have big plans. I absolutely love that. I love that so much. Mm. So, so beautiful. I cannot wait to support you in that endeavor. So fun. Thank you. And for those who want to continue to connect with you and get to know your story and just follow you in your journeys and adventures and potentially your business, um, what's the best way for them to connect with you? I'm on Instagram as wild and wonderful soul. Um, I'm sure we can put that in there. That's where I'm sharing everything right now. I may in the future do like a different page for Brits Blooms, but right now I like um, that people get to see me and know me through my business too. So right now I'm keeping it all together. So love that. Love that. It'll definitely be in the show notes. Thank you cool. so much for your time sharing you know, your story being vulnerable, open, sharing your wisdom, because, you know, when we go through lots of ups and downs, the, the reality is when we come out on the other side, we always have wisdom and it's important to share that wisdom. And you have a lot of wisdom. And I know that it's going to resonate with so many people and support so many people. So thank you so much. And we will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. 